I'd just like to read one verse with you tonight in the New Testament in the book of Romans. Sorry, Romans chapter 1. This verse has been actually mentioned in the prayer meeting twice tonight already. So I trust that's not just by coincidence. I hope that this is a verse for someone, the truth of it will be a help to you in this meeting tonight. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's only one verse, we'll read it again. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we look to God to bless the reading of his precious word. I suppose in all public speaking, for people even that are a lot better at it than I am and more accustomed to it, uh, a good practice would be to have an opening statement. As I thought about the meeting this evening and thought about an opening statement, and I realized that an opening statement really was intended to give you something to hinge your remarks upon, that you might communicate the message that you have in mind. And I suppose if the whole thing's a train wreck and God doesn't give much help, that at least you might remember something that would be of benefit to you. My opening statement for the gospel meeting tonight is what we've read. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. A verse that is brimful of gospel truth. You know, I'm glad of the gospel message. I'm glad that ever I heard it in all its simplicity. You know, we have a, a heritage and a legacy of gospel preaching in this country, and I trust that what impact um, COVID has had on us in the last number of years, couple of years, and and, and, and the, the, the problems we have about gospel testimony, I hope it hasn't put a dent in the gospel enthusiasm in this land. You know, that would be an awful business. But this message, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. No matter what aspect we look at it, whether it's the gospel of Christ, the power of God, salvation to everyone that believeth, it's wonderful truth. And if you have never grasped the truth of the gospel, this would be a grand meeting tonight if you were to understand it. You know, what, 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 sort of, um, what sort of city did Paul take this message to? Well, it was obvious that he was wanting to go to Rome and he was writing to the Romans. You know, we've often heard that all roads lead from Rome or to Rome. Rome was a majestic city. Culturally diverse, ethnic diversity, economically vibrant. Politically, it was a hotbed. It was where all the, the politics went out from. A mighty emperor, empire, and the seat of it and the hub of it was in the great city of Rome, a city of over a million people. Paul, as he pondered the gospel, I'm sure... The man was maybe intimidated for a minute in his own mind, naturally speaking, just to think 
How am I going to go and preach to this great city, to the people of this great city, and speak of the gospel, telling about a man, a Jew who died on a cross, seemingly in weakness to a world, and yet Paul, with a little backbone in him, he stands and he says, "I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation." to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Let's roll forward. Here we are in a modern-day society, a world, and, and Rome really was a microscope, a microscope of um, the world today, culturally divided, politically divided, economy going and coming and going and coming, people living lives. Rome didn't need God. They had, they had all their different gods. Gods for everything. The world we live in today doesn't need God. Lives, live their lives as they like. No recognition of God. They've replaced the God of heaven with the gods and idols of this world and their sport and all the things that occupy people's minds, they've made it their God. So what do you do to a world like that? What, what message do you bring? You bring the message of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Listen, my friend, in this meeting tonight, young person, you are one of the most privileged people on this planet to be sitting under the sound of the gospel and to hear words whereby you might be saved. You know, we live in a world that's full of bad news. I was talking to a man last night and he refuses to listen to the news anymore because he says it would put your mind astray. Listen, we live in a dark, sad, sinful, pathetic world. A world that is reeling to and fro like a drunken man, like a ship without a rudder. On a wild and stormy sea. It's an awful world. But in the midst of it. There's a message of the gospel. The good news of salvation. Through Jesus Christ. I want you to think tonight. Firstly about the power of God. If I gather right. What was said in the prayer meeting tonight. It was maybe in somebody's mind. In the morning meeting this morning. The power of God. I want you to think about the power of God in creation. You young people growing up, and I feel for you, you're living in a world where you're bombarded with all this stuff about evolution. I want to tell you, it's a theory. It has no foundation or, or basis in factual, in fact. But I want to tell you about something that has a factual basis. It's the scripture. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Maybe there's some older person in this meeting tonight, and you're just wondering as you come to the latter end of your life, do I really have to worry about God? Do I have to think about a hereafter? Do I have to think about leaving this world and going out into a never-ending eternity and to meet a God with whom I've got to do? I want to tell you about the power of God and the creation of this world. 
God breathed into man the breath of life. And man became a living soul. I love animals. I have a dog at home. And, I, and whenever it passes away or dies or gets killed or whatever, it'll break my heart. But listen, it's only a dog. You're a human being coming from the hand of Almighty God with a soul in your body that no one will ever see or no one will ever touch, but it's there. It's the real you, and it's God-conscious. And your soul will live the lifetime of God. That is, it will never die because you came from the hand of Almighty God. You're not on the same level as the brute beast of this field. You're on a level that is far above that. Made in the image of God. Listen, my soul, in this meeting tonight, please be aware and please understand that in spite of what you hear in this perverse, twisted world, there is a God. You know, we've, we're in Genesis in our Bible reading, we're at chapter 12 now, and we've rejoiced going through the first chapters of Genesis just to see the creatorial might and majesty of the creator of this world. And when I think, the creator, that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in, that on the cross my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin, the power of God in creation. But I want to think about the power of God in conversion. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. There's a power inherent in this message that no human being can ever explain. It's in the very, the very substance of the message has the inherent power of God. And it's able to save a soul in this gospel meeting tonight. Every soul that is saved, we can go back to that moment when we believed the gospel. We believed the old story that Christ died upon Calvary's cross and that we were a sinner bound for eternity and that Christ had met our need upon that cross. The power of God in conversion. You know, Paul experienced it. Paul wasn't speaking second-hand. This man that we've read about tonight, or this man that penned these words under divine inspiration, the Apostle Paul. You know, we're looking at him in the Bible class this morning in the book of Galatians. And there he was, he was guarding against perverting this wonderful gospel. He was telling the people there, you know, in the assembly, that don't be bringing anything else along with the gospel. You don't need to do your law-keeping. Listen, my friend, there's nothing you can do can meet your need in light of eternity. There's only one thing can meet your need, and it's the pure, true gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The power of God in conversion. Paul experienced it on the road to Damascus. Oh yes, in a time past, he had without measure hurt the people of God and the church of God. But God spoke to him, and God saved him. And that same power that Paul experienced on the road to Damascus, you can experience tonight the power of God in conversion. Power of God in creation, the power of God in conversion. Philippian jailer, another prime example of the power of God. There he is in a prison in Philippi. Two men, Paul and Silas, singing and praising God. The earthquake comes, and he comes in and he cries, Mercy, what must I do to be saved? power of God and conversion. 
Paul and Silas in unison cry, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The gospel of Christ. I want to speak about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to speak about Christ tonight. Because if I miss Christ in the message, I missed everything. I want to tell you about God's well-beloved Son. We've spoke about Genesis chapter 1. Well, we can't speak about the gospel without going to John. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. This is the one that's the center of the gospel message, the person of Christ. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Listen, my friend, I want to tell you about the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Savior of sinners. I speak, we speak about the love of God. Let's speak about the love of Christ, the love of the Godhead to humanity. We'll never understand it. And mind you, we needed it. We're speaking about salvation. Unto salvation. We need salvation. And the reason we need salvation is because we're lost. I've spoken about Genesis. In Genesis 3, we read these, these words. So God drove man out of the garden. Drove him out because of his sin. So he drove out the man. Genesis 3 and 24. Because of the sin problem. You know, there's a, there's a progression. I was looking at it this afternoon. We have a progression in Genesis chapter 3. Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Satan put the doubt in. Hath God said? That's still Satan's tactic. Do you think there's anything to it? Do you believe it? Let's shroud the whole thing in doubt and complicate it. Hath God said? And then God hath said, ye shall not eat of it. Eve says, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. God didn't say, neither shall you touch it. God said, you shall not eat of it. So the word of God was not only the, the doubt put in, but the distortion came in. And then Satan comes in and all his subtlety, not even subtlety, outright denial. And he says, ye shall not surely die. And then we see the disobedience coming in. The woman ate, Eve ate. She gave unto her husband and he did eat. That was the progression of sin in Genesis 3. And from then on, until now, this world has been on a continual downward spiral. And sin is getting progressively worse. And man is not getting better, as a psychologist was telling us today. Man is getting worse. And he's a pathetic creature steeped in sin. Behold, I was shipping in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Your sin's a problem. And you need salvation. And you can experience the power of God in conversion. And you need it because of your sin. It's vital. Absolutely vital. Because of the sin problem. And it's possible through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's see the path that he took. A path that we'll never understand or comprehend. That brought him all the way from heaven down to earth. Born as the babe of Bethlehem wrapped in swaddling clothes, and lying in a manger. He displayed love. I think it was mentioned in the prayer meeting again tonight, not only the power of God, but the love of God. The love of God displayed to a human race that never deserved it. 
He looked, he looked at a people, a city that knew not the day of its visitation, Jerusalem, and it says just this, Jesus wept. He went onward in a track that took him outside the city walls of Jerusalem. Never once did he deviate. Never once did he step outside God the Father's will. But he went all the way to the place called Calvary. You know, we're looking at historic moments in our nation's history. I want to tell you about the most historic moment in the history of the world. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. Many a hymn writer has rejoiced in it. We love to sing at times, see from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flow mingled down. To dare such love and sorrow meet, our thorns compose so rich a crown. You know, we sang at the top of our voice this morning in Harryville. Hallelujah. What a saviour. The saviour of sinners. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. We've tried to present tonight the ruin of man. We've brought before you the remedy that is found in Christ. And before we leave tonight, tonight we leave the responsibility that is yours. You see, you're an individual bound for eternity. But God has given you a faculty within your being that makes you different from the animal of the field. You can make conscious decisions. You can know right from wrong. You can make a choice tonight, and you will make a choice. Everyone has to make it. Pilate looked upon Christ, and he says, what will I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? Pilate made the wrong choice. It says, it says then delivered he him unto them to be crucified. Agrippa, he looked the day Paul preached to him, and he says, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Felix, he said, go thy way for this time. When I have a convenient season, I'll call for thee. Everyone makes a choice. I made a choice. 18 years of age almost, on the 28th of February, 1985, I trusted Christ as my own and personal saviour. Everyone could tell that is saved in this meeting tonight is the most precious moment in life. I'll tell you something. I want just to speak about the positivity of, of salvation. To experience the power of God in your life something that you can hardly fathom or understand. But it's a real thing. Just to know that all's well for eternity. Just to be able to rest your head on the pillow and say, I have a peace that's calm as a river. You know, I was thinking about it coming down the road, and I'm speaking hypothetically here. This is impossible. But if, 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 if I've got it wrong, if there's nothing to it all, I've been happy with life. But I'll tell you, there is something to it all. There's everything to it all. You have a soul bound for eternity. There's choices to be made in light of eternity. And I'll tell you my closing statement tonight. It's just the same as the opening statement. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For those who are younger, just simply means it's to the Jew and then to everybody else who's not a Jew. It goes out to a whole world of sinners lost and ruined by the fall. You know, it's come down on the road from over the column there. And I see a few houses getting built. And I've seen a sign up. And it just hit me. Available soon. But not for long. Available soon. But not for long. 
That's just like salvation, you know. Available now, sorry, but not for long. Available now, but not for long. Salvation's available now, this moment, in this meeting, but not for long. The Lord himself is coming. We'll see the power of God unleashed in this world and in prophetic events that will soon happen. But you can experience the power of God just now in salvation. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we speak to God in prayer. Father, we bow in the precious name of the Lord Jesus and we thank thee for thy precious word. We thank thee for those who have listened to it tonight and we pray for thy blessing upon it. We pray for this locality, no doubt, no different than where we came from tonight already in Balamina. We pray for the great need and pray that souls will be realizing soon the necessity of salvation and trusting thy Son as Saviour. We thank thee for thy Son. We thank thee for salvation and pray thy blessing upon us as we part in his worthy and precious name. Amen.